Podcast. We've got your host Dan, that's me, and other host we got Don. And today we're going to be talking about spring training. We're about to start catchers and pitchers report this week, so we want to give some thoughts on where we think some of the roster battles are going to be, who we're going to be sort of keeping our eye on, and all that good greasy spring convo uh so yeah i'm gonna throw it to don who's gonna throw it right back to me of uh who he where do you want to get started i mean we've got this will um this will come out probably a couple days after pitches and catches report so hopefully no one like tears their acl again off a bus or something knock on wood got this fake plastic wood here um let's uh yeah let's get into some grease here we, I got a whole spreadsheet of uh, some greasy possibilities. Let's start with pitching. So I have a Google Doc here, and I was just thinking, all right, uh, modern major league teams usually have 12 pitchers, five starters, seven relievers. And I thought it would be pretty obvious who's going to make the team. That is pretty set in stone. But as I was writing guys uh, into this document, there's going to be people who have been on the major league team for a while who are either going to get cut or be in AAA. Or I guess let's, we can trade them, but let's start with... Um, let's start there, yeah. yeah. So for me, I mean, first three starting pitchers, obviously Locks, Giolito, Keuchel, Lynn. Then there was a, a tweet yesterday, I think from John Heyman or something, one of the national writers saying that the Sox plan for Kopech is for him to be in the rotation. He'll be on an innings limit for sure, but he will be in the rotation. So who knows what that looks like day to day. Maybe he goes like once through the order. Maybe he only pitches three or four innings. Or maybe he pitches. I know they did this for, um, remember that controversy when Strasburg first came up where they let him pitch like normal until he hit his innings limit and then they just shut him down even though they were like contending for a world series, like what the hell, why didn't you guys just pace them throughout the season? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. It was a disaster. Yeah. So I don't know which way they're going to go, but for me, based on that report, Kopech is one of the five starters. And then we could start here with uh, whether you agree or not. To me, Rodon is the fifth because they did bring him back. And like we talked about on a couple episodes ago, he definitely had, he almost certainly had other offers to start. So I doubt he would have come back here to be a reliever to come out of the bullpen. So to me, like, it's not definite. It hasn't been reported, but it makes sense that they are penciling him in as the fifth starter. Like, it's his job to lose in spring training. Do you agree with that? Or are you looking at guys like Dylan Cease, Reynaldo, even Garrett Crochet? Like, do you think Kopech and Rodon are the four and five or... What do you think? I think it's a very, they've really made a confusing situation for themselves at the back of the order by not bolstering the front of the order and yeah. sort of doing a, a back end, like slipping. Yeah. Rodan, you're back. Even though we didn't resign you or resigning you. So I think they've sort of put themselves in a bad situation there. I mean, you could argue it's a good situation that you have potentially four players vying for two spots. So you've got some depth there. But, I mean, between those four guys, I don't see like, okay, let's throw Ronaldo out because I don't think either of us want to see him make more than three to four starts this year. True, but do you think the Sox think that? Like, do you think there's a 0% chance he starts the season in the rotation? I mean, I'm confused by what they think. Because by not going out there and getting, uh, you know, Major League starter who's established, they're kind of saying we expect 
one or more of these guys to become an above average starter in the major leagues this year and next year. And I don't like, so you've got to have like a competition spot. And I just don't think you can have two competition spots on a contending team, which is kind of where we are right now. We've got of those guys, I'd say Kopech and Cease and maybe Crochet have the best chance of being a starter. And then you have a guy like Rodon who, if he can stay healthy, if he's your fifth starter, you're fine. So, I mean, I, what was the question again? I mean, this well, I guess, I guess my, my thesis was the four and five are Kopech and Rodon to start the year. But, and then you crossed off Reynaldo, which I agree with. I don't think Reynaldo has a chance at the rotation. But then the question is, what do you do with Cease and what do you do with Crochet? Cease, do you keep? Well, I guess Reynaldo too. Reynaldo and Cease, do you keep in the bullpen as like long men, you know? Because maybe Rodon and Kopik only go four innings. Do you send one or both down to AAA? What do you do with Garrett Crochet? You know, do you keep him in the major leagues to kind of get exposure or do you build up his arm in AAA to be a starter? So I guess if you can start there, if Rodon and Kopech are in the rotation, what are you doing with Cease, Lopez and Crochet? So the way I see it, I think the Sox have said Cease is starting. Kopech is starting and it's going to be their jobs to lose. That's kind of the way I think they're going to approach this. And Rodon is on a prove it deal and Reynaldo is just a complete maybe. And I'm not expecting anything from crochet as far as starts. I think they're going to get a feel for him. Like how do you do throwing a hundred innings, no matter what context it is, if it's 50 out of the pen, 50 starting, I, I think he's way too early on to count on or to project where he ends up as a reliever or a starter. So I'm not even really looking at that. I think that they're going to go cease four, Kopech five going into spring. And then depending on what happens out there, that could change. And I don't really, the only guy I see inching up is Rodon. I don't see Ronaldo or crochet finding their way into the April starting five either. Okay, so then let's. I, I think that's very plausible. Um, and Rodon, I think you could live with that too, because if Kopech's on an innings limit, easiest thing in the world to me is Kopech goes out every five days, cap him at 75 pitches or whatever, and Rodon comes in in relief. Kopech does the first four or five innings, Rodon comes in and does three. That might actually be kind of good. But then here's where it's get, it gets tricky. So let's say Cease and Kopech are the four and five are you're sending crochet down a triple a to kind of stretch his arm out uh that's a good question i don't know where he starts i think is he injured still is he gonna be i part think of camp i think they said he's ready to go but i don't think they'll he'll like i don't think they're comfortable with throwing him out there full steam ahead so I think they're going to use crochet in spring the first two weeks before the regular pitchers usually start uh, throwing to see how he does in the starting context against, you know, major league-esque rosters, see how he does over four innings, two innings, whatever, and just get a feel for him. I don't see him making the 25-man roster uh, right away. I think he's one of those guys who they bring up after a month and a half. I don't necessarily either. Um, so I'll, I'll mark him as AAA. What about Reynaldo? Do you think he has value in the bullpen? Do you think he's shown that he sucks so much that he's not even a major leaguer? Send him down to AAA, what are you doing with him? Yeah, the latter. I mean... There's just nothing there right now for me. So unless he has an incredible, even if he had an incredible spring, I would not give him a roster spot to start because he had a like all time terrible year last year. And what's the harm in letting him figure it out a little bit in triple a while we've got guys that we're, we're expecting them to figure out MLB still. We, he, are, he had his shot. We need to 
open up some space for like I'd rather see Crochet on the roster than Lopez. Oh, like, totally. in a in a heartbeat. So to me, like, oh, do we just put him in the bullpen? Why would we do that? We have like at least six major league p- relievers better than him right now. We're gonna say, yeah, we're are we gonna put Lopez ahead of Rodon and Crochet potentially? Is that what we're doing? Good transition because even with this year, there's still gonna be the 26th man. So Sox are. Uh, Every team has 26 roster spots. Okay. Let's look at the bullpen because some, even if you send Reynaldo and Crochet down to AAA, which I think is reasonable and I think it's probably what's going to happen, you're keeping Rodon, right? Like Rodon's on the team as like a sixth starter uh, piggybacking off of Kobach type, right? I think he has to be. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense to have him as a true like long reliever or – like bullpen strict bullpen coming for one inning guy why did you sign him then there's plenty of relievers so in my eyes he's there to be you know copex shadow or you know somebody's injured he's a spot starter that's that's just the role i see for him right now so then yeah if we have 12 pitching spots to fill five starters just to recap giolito keiko lynn cease copex that's five. You got Rodon as kind of that six swingman type, whatever. Then here's the bullpen that are pretty much locks. Obviously Hendricks. You got Aaron Bummer. And then the three young guys who were just awesome last year. Evan Marshall, Matt Foster, Cody Hoyer. And then you got Jace Fry as like the second lefty. So right there, that's the team. And those are exactly. all guys that were good last year. They right. brought Jace Fry back. But that's then if that's the team, if that's the pitching staff, here are guys who are left out. Reynaldo's left out. Garrett Crochet's left out. Jimmy Cordero, who does suck. He's really bad. He's a really, Terrible. really bad baseball player. But he, Not good. They used him. So, he was like the most used pitcher in baseball last year. Like literally had the most appearances in baseball. And I think his ERA was like over six, but like the advanced metric said he was better than that because he just got unlucky with stuff. But that means Cordero isn't making the team. And I'm obviously fine with that. I just don't think he's good. But the Sox clearly think differently. I mean, he's literally the most used pitcher in baseball. So A, does Cordero not make the team? But then also Zach Birdie, who I like, local kid, huge fastball. He was a first-round pick, uh, closer in the minors. He was on the team last year. Wasn't very good, but does he go back down to AAA? Like, probably. But those are two guys who, in normal circumstances, like, you kind of want to see on the team or probably would be on the team. I think you will see Zach Birdie, maybe Jimmy Cordero. Zach Birdie, I expect to see maybe throw 30 innings, something like that. I think, okay, you named all those guys who had a great first year, surprise years. It's just as likely that they're terrible next year and they get optioned back to AAA and Birdie gets bumped up. I I think if we're talking day one, the cut line is pretty much Jace Fry. It's right yeah. there. Yeah. And these guys like Cordero, like to me, he, okay, he had 30 games and out of 60. That's pretty impressive, but... I mean, he didn't blow anyone away. I mean, eating innings is not a talent for there, Cordero. You there know? were so many games last year where, like, winnable games that and Ricky Renteria brought in Cordero, who had just pitched for, like, three straight days. And Cordero would just, like, give up a homer, and we would lose. I, yeah. It, it was inexplicable usage. And, yeah, so then – but this is tricky because then – if you let's say you want, or let's say we just accept that Jimmy Cordero will be on the team, like we don't want him on, but clearly the Sox think he will, then who do you leave off? Because it's not going to be Hendricks, Bummer, or one of the young guys. That would mean that Rodon doesn't make the team. And Rodon, I think that's, one. that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm counting Rodon in the bullpen seven, and it's Rodon, Fry, Foster. Cody, I don't know how to say his last Hoyer, name. Hoyer, I think. Hoyer, okay. Yeah. 
Evan Marshall, Aaron Bummer, Liam Hendricks. And that's your bullpen day one. And yeah. f- up to four of those guys may not make it to the end of the year. So yeah. I guess I'm looking for Birdie, Crochet, Cordero to be I'm I'm watching their springs and their triple A, double A, wherever they are. And whenever they pop up, I'm excited for it. I mean, I guess also the uh, like the crochet Reynaldo stuff, it probably will work itself out too in the Rodan aspect because they're bringing back those um, seven inning double headers where you can bring back, you can bring up a 27th guy like just for that start. Okay. So we saw a couple guys do that last year. I thought like Jonathan Stever kid came up and got shelled and then we never saw him again. <laughs> I, I can see that happening for Reynaldo where it's like, all right, Reynaldo, you're going to make five starts this year guaranteed because we're going to bring you up on a Saturday to just get your ass kicked for four innings and then go back down to Charlotte. And then if there's an injury, we'll bring you up. And I think that's fair for Reynaldo. Only pitch him on those weird double headers. If there's an injury to see, sort of Kopech reaches any limit, come on back up. And Crochet, like, yeah, he was fun last year. He was great. How many innings did he pitch? Eight? Like seven? He was in college six months ago, so I'm fine with Crochet being in AAA, even though it's probably a bummer for him to start off in the majors and then go back down to the minors. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a technicality since there wasn't minor league baseball last year, really. So it was. I agree. I mean, maybe it's a bummer. Yeah, six inning pitch last year. 6.1. I'm guessing that doesn't include his uh, .1 in the playoffs. Yeah. But yeah, I, that's where I think it lies. I mean, that's where the most interesting conversations I think are for this roster because the back of the rotation I think is not solid. I think they're really the only way you can justify not going up and getting a Bauer is you're expecting Kopech to break out. You're expecting Cease to become like a three on any other team. Like if you're expecting to pick up half of Bauer's value in those two spots, I guess you could make that argument that, okay, well, we're getting it in our last train of prospects. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there there's a lot of conflicts here, and there's a lot of talent, like conflicting talent. Like, do you want this guy or do you want that guy? And, I mean, the good thing is at least five of our relief pitchers, I'm – completely comfortable with having and the two that I'm maybe like Matt Foster especially I think he's good don't get me wrong but I don't know if that's if he's going to be as good this year as he was last year having those guys in the minors birdie especially I'm excited to see birdie come in and out and maybe some of those guys fall out I think there's going to be some regression unavoidable regression in the bullpen so i think we're going to see guys get opportunities throughout the year to get up and pitch so yeah i think we'll see all of these guys for extended stretches for sure but as, as like you said day one i think i think it's pretty clear who's who the pitching staff is going to be but i was surprised at who is being left off because for so many years we had like one guy in the bullpen and then yep. 12 question marks. And now it's like, oh, there's actually kind of depth. Not not that many teams can have their bullpen ready to go and then have a guy like Zach Birdie who's left out. Not that he lit the world on fire, but that is a first-round pick who throws 101. Or a guy like Reynaldo who, yeah, he's frustrating. Yeah, he's bad. He still throws 99. He's got that like cool curveball. There are times we've all seen it where Reynaldo looks fantastic and and i think a lot of teams would love to have him as kind of like a fifth sixth starter so it's it's so exciting to have this depth but it's like a two i was what's the saying i was gonna say two-headed sword but that's not a thing two no headed, two-edged sword what, what am i doing here D- double-edged sword double-edged sword yeah. wow yeah, where like a d- uh, great depth often means like a lack of upside. Yeah, I I, I hear you 100% on the bullpen depth, and it's kind of weird like going into a year where it's like 
well, we're we're set there. There's not really any surprises, at least early. So it's kind of a change. One thing before we get off pitching, is there any other pitching topics you want to get into? Um, I mean, I guess one thing, like let's say, let's say those reports are wrong about Kopech and he goes, does go to AAA. Like let's say this start him off in AAA. You haven't pitched for two years. It's going on for six weeks, which I think is fair. I'd be disappointed. Who would you want? Uh, do you think it's automatic that Rodon and Cease are the four or five at that point? Do you think it's Reynaldo Cease? Do you think like Crochet makes it? So if Kopech isn't starting, who is the most likely person to replace him? I think that's, I mean, that's kind of what I project is that uh, Rodon is Kopech's shadow. So I totally see Kopech having a month and a half in the minors and then coming up and Rodon sort of filling that spot. And then it sort of becomes a Cease-Rodon competition for the four or five. And that'll sort of naturally play out. Yeah. Where it's like, if Cease is terrible and Rodon is good, okay, well, we've got a solution there. If Rodon tears his ACL and shoulder in one pitch, (laughs) then we have Cease. That would be an early pitch. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. A lot of junk on it. But... uh, (laughs) Honestly, like when you ask that question about if he starts in the minors, I think that might be the best answer is we just signed Rodon. We have to do right by him a little bit. We have Cease who, you know, had had some disappointing seasons and we have Kopech. I think it sort of lets itself sort out naturally rather than trying to force, okay, well, this is your role. If you, if you give people clear roles day one, it's like, okay, you're in AAA, you're the five for now, but eventually this guy's coming up. It's a lot easier to manage than like, okay, you're starting the fifth day, except when he goes 100 pitches, then you start, something like that. Yeah. So I could actually see that working out pretty well. And I know people are really excited for Kopech to come back, but how long has it been since he's pitched? Two and a half years? Probably like September 2018. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Damn. That's been so long. Right? So I guess it's fair in that sense if you sit down with Kopech and say, we, we're we doing this because we love your upside, but the reality is you haven't pitched in a real game in two years. You're coming off of Tommy John. Let's make sure your arm is in a good place for Major League Baseball. We'll see you May 15th. Like, I don't think that's unreasonable. No. And, you know, if you're counting on Kopech to be an all-star or, you know, an above replacement player after not throwing for two and a half years in the majors, you're delusional. But that's I mean, also another way of looking at it. Like with the Strasburg thing, if maybe it is in the best interest of both sides to start off super slow where – Maybe Kopech stays behind in that extended spring training for a while with the goal, like, we expect to contend for a title this year. We want you to be a major part of that. We even want you to be available in October. So you're going to stick behind in Arizona. You're not even going back to Charlotte. But, like, June 1st, July, then we expect you to really be a big part of this rotation to carry us through a playoff run. Do you think Kopech is one of those pitchers who's pitching early in spring training, or is he in that class that gets, you know, I guess veteran treatment where they don't pitch for the first two weeks or so. Yeah, that's going to be tricky. I, I think that we'll know the answer to that so soon, like with this week. Do the Sox think of him as a clear top five starter or does he have to earn a spot? I, yeah. Short answer, I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested in that. I think no matter how they look at it, top five or if he's, you know, heading to – if he's got to earn a spot, I think he's going to be pitching early because I think they want him to get reps. Hey, I don't know what they think, but I know what I think. And I would want Kopech getting reps as soon as possible just to get that arm going, see how he does against maybe, you know, the first couple weeks of spring training, it's not the, you know, major league rosters. You have a lot of guys just trying to make the team. Right. So get him a little bit of almost like a mini triple a experience just get him warmed up. I mean, I would definitely have him in that first group of pitchers. 
And I guess you also want to see if the stuff is still there. Like, I know early, like uh, you saw him in spring training last year. He was still at a hundred, you know, his slider looked good. So I guess you still want to see after another year layoff, is this a guy who's still throwing 99, a hundred, or is it more like 95, 96, which is still good. But then you kind of have to wonder, oof, okay. Is that ACE upside still there? So you probably you want to test to- everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything with Kopech because there's the mental questions, there's physical questions, and I mean you got to start that process as soon as you can. So I would love to see him actually throw the first spring training game. That'd be great. You're gonna be one of the 2,500 fans there. They're allowing partial fans. No, I wish. I mean, we're still trying to figure out what type of any type of travel we're comfortable with in this COVID. But going to Arizona spring training, I don't think so. Not at the top not of the happen. Yeah. Not, not, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You wanted to go to the hitters, or do you have a uh, do you have any other last pitching things? I guess really the it's just a general observation, not really about anyone particularly, but you know what. I'll I'll save it because I think it applies more to position players than it does to pitchers. And I'll just start with that, which is for hitters. At just about every position other than DH, I would not say that there is any real spring training competition going into this year. Would no. you agree with that? Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, let me run through my quick, uh, batting order just to show like yeah there's really no questions here but to me opening day like this would be my lineup and I guess you can argue with the order but so I have uh, I have Anderson leading off Moncada hitting second Abreu third Eloy cleanup Grandal fifth Luis Roberts sixth I get Andrew Vaughn starting at DH it seems like that's the only option Eaton and Wright Nick Madrigal at uh at second. So those nine, like there's not really any one of those where there's an alternative, right? Like those are, that's our starting nine opening day. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, as you go through that list, as much as we complain, (laughs) this is a pretty good team. (laughs) It's a pretty good team. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, those are players that teams want and we have, and for the most part locked up, but you know, doing a spring training, preview or you know thoughts there really is not that much who's gonna win this spot which is good because we have mlb players and it's not a question oh who, who what bum is gonna take this spot it's it's already pretty much written down the lineup i'm not even gonna argue with the order i think that that's pretty much perfect so it there's not that much uh not much volatile conversation to have and I kind of wanted to start with that of if you look at the Sox, you know, position players in the minors and who's 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 up next. This is pretty much it. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what I want to talk about is like the the prospect stream is for the most part over. I don't like is Blake Rutherford our best prospect. I think well, in the um, in like Keith Law's top one hundred, I read in like FanGraphs and ESPN, the Sox usually have um, three or four guys. It's like Kopech, Vaughn, Madrigal. Some people like Crochet, so it's those four guys. But then after that, like we've had a top five farm system for a long time because of guys like Luis Robert, because of guys like Eloy, because of guys like Moncada, and to an extent Madrigal. So. We're almost we're at the exact point in the Cubs rebuild when Rizzo and Baez and Contreras and uh, Jorge Soler and to lesser extent guys like Albert Almora who had a lot of buzz, but once they were up, that was it, and the Cubs knew that and correctly knew the only way to improve our team was through free agency. So yep. it's really now or never because let's say. I mean, I don't. I hope it doesn't happen. But let's say Madrigal sucks. Let's say Vaughn is like, oh god, not ready for Major League Baseball. There's no one we can plug from the minors to replace him. So it's kind of exciting in that sense. Like, oh man, the stakes are high. We've been waiting for right. for this. This but is the team. This yep. is the team. And it's a gr- it's a great team. 
for yeah, sure. Oh, the lineup is probably the best lineup in our in our lifetimes. I mean, one through six, ease like Anderson, Moncada, Abreu, Eloy, Grandal, Luis, Robert. That is a stunningly good top six. And then the bottom three is super exciting. You have Andrew Vaughn, possible rookie of the year. Nick Madrigal, I guess another possible rookie of the year. Good at 200 hits. And Eaton, who, I mean, he might be fine, whatever. But if Eaton's your worst player, that's a damn good team. Exactly. Exactly. And he will be our worst player. Don't you worry. You bet on it. (laughs) He's going to be our If I can get that bet, too, from the last episode, the Jose Abreu non-MVP if I can get the Adam Eaton worst player on the Sox bet. That's a good parlay right there. It's just boring bets, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy's going to suck a couple of money on that. It's like betting the unders in games where you're just rooting for, like, oh, I hope they don't score a touchdown. Like, that is such a boring way to bet a, watch a football game. Unless it's the Bears, in which case it's the only way to watch oh, a yeah. football game. <laughs> That's free money right there. Bears to win under on points. Take that every week. Um, so Andrew Vaughn, I think he is for positional players. I don't think he's the most exciting prospect coming up this year. Is he going to be on the 25 slash 26 man roster day one? Or do you see him getting the, the May 15th will bump you then? How do you see Vaughn? It's, I mean, that is such a tricky question. If you were to ask me a year ago, I would have said he's staying down. But they did start Luis Robert off opening day last year. They could have easily kept him down, extended his service time, do that weird stuff. So I think, like, with the Sox history of let, recent history of let's bring Luis Robert up immediately, he's going to help the team. Even if we're, uh, trying to make the playoffs. I think they're very comfortable with bringing up a top rookie during a playoff run. So I would kind of be shocked if he didn't make it for that reason, but also because who would replace him? If Vaughn's in AAA, who's the starting DH? Zach Collins? And then you have a third catcher like that. That's even worse. That sucks. Yeah. As far as Vaughn being on day one, I think the who else is the biggest thing. Unless you're going to say... Well, we're going to get more people, ABs, by having him start off in the minors. We'll let him get a little juice, and then we'll bring him up and see what happens. But I don't even know if that makes sense. Like, you're pretty much saying, okay, then we're going to not have Eloy play the uh, left field. Okay, then who's playing left field? Larry Garcia. Okay. We're going to have Jose Abreu play DH. Okay. Okay, so you have Yaz. I don't know. I I just think the who else kind of and the Sox history of, you know, we're not going to play those service time games. Why not just bring him up? If he stinks, well, well, then you stink because he should have signed Azuna, apparently. If he stinks, you stink. (laughs) That is cutting edge analysis. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I I have to be excited for Vaughn because my other option is to be just fully depressed about DH and how we handled that situation in the off season, you know, by not addressing it at all. So, I mean, I think by all you know, by all the rank, ratings and rankings, he's gonna be good. Yeah, it's just you know those are always no matter what number they put on your projection. It's with a question mark. It, it doesn't matter. So, I you know what? I'm all for it. Bring him up day one. Let's see what he can do. The alternative, the most likely alternative that you were talking about, I think, is you have uh, Abreu at DH, Grandal at first, Zach Collins starts at catcher, and then Lou Corey makes the team. Or, like, Grandal's at DH, uh, Zach Collins starts at catcher. So I don't think there'd be many. I, I think the most likely opening day roster without Andrew Vaughn on it is Grandal at DH, which sucks because we he's an awesome defensive catcher. 
or like Abreu at DH and Grandal at first, but then same thing. Like, why do we give Grandal eighty million dollars to not catch? Exactly, Grandal's con. Grandall's a great player, but most of his value is that he gets it at catcher. Right. So, right. So you brought up Lou Croy. It's kind of want, unless you got anything else, I kind of want to segue to Lou Croy and Tim Beckham being on the Sox. I didn't even know that that was true until this week. I was doing some some looks at our depth chart projections. I mean, what do you think of that? Those two players being on the Sox, Lou Croy, arguably the best catcher five years ago, six years ago. Oh yeah, and Tim Beckham. I don't know middle to back of the pack shortstop for about four or five years with the Orioles. What do you think about Sox adding those guys? I guess before that, let me just see if you agree with my bench, because I I have four locks and then the guys you just mentioned as like the fifth spot. So the nine guys I mentioned starters, here's who I have as a lock to make the team on the bench. I got Zach Collins. I got Danny Mendick. I got Larry Garcia and I got Adam Engel. To me, those are like four bench spots locked down. And then the only question is, is Luke Craig going to make the team as a third catcher? Is Tim Beckham going to make the team as, I guess, a third infielder? Because you already have Mendick, who wasn't bad last year. And Larry Garcia is like kind of fun as this five foot two muscle man. <laughs> but then it's like, okay, what? why do we have a third version of that? Or there was that kid, um, Luis Gonzalez last year who is pretty bad, but he has an enormous glove. His glove is like five times too big. So that's fun. So you you can't hit or run or field or throw, but he's got a huge glove. He's got a huge glove. And that's something for the fans. You know, it's a long slog of a season. He didn't get them something that I root for. Let's give it a huge, huge glove. But I guess. (laughs) I don't have much on that. (laughs) I I like paused for your contribution. I was like, what else can you possibly contribute? Um, But I I think think that everyone you just named as a bench player is a safe bet to, to be there. Right. Like I can't, I can't argue with any of those just because of needs, I guess guys you could maybe see getting into the fold. Your Micker Adolfo, Luis Gonzalez, Blake Rutherford type guys but i think everyone you named it's almost like unless someone has like a complete breakout spring training i don't see anyone supplanting them like those guys have been in the main it's kind of the same story with the starters like these guys are all somewhat established and have come up and done their time and it's going to take a lot to unseat any of those guys right because even if like let's say adolfo who has big upside. Like that's a kid who, if he stays healthy, people love his power. Like he could be a huge bench bat. But then, absolutely, it's not I like mean, Adam Engel go down to AAA or anything. So who does he replace? His raw power is seventy, and I think that that's out of eighty. Yeah, it's huge. So I mean, that take what you want, but that's that's huge. That's like Cody Bellinger power. But the only I think he was actually an eighty. Yeah. The only way I see one of those guys making the team is if Andrew Vaughn doesn't, because then you would see Zach Collins start. You would have Luke Roy guaranteed to make it the team. And then you would need another bet. So, but I think to answer your original question, like Luke Roy, Tim Beckham, who's the most likely, I can't see them carrying three catchers. So I think Tim Beckham is probably going to make the team as kind of like a, Back up to Moncada at third, fill in for uh, Tim Anderson at short. Danny Mendick is just going to like be there for Madrigal if Madrigal starts slow. And Laurier is a guy who can play eight positions. You just throw him wherever. So I think that's probably, if if spring training like started or ended tomorrow, I'd think Tim Beckham is the favorite to be on the team. Yeah, I mean, Lurie is probably the most unseatable based on you know what he provides right but he's unseatable based on every position he can play which is what makes it tough for anyone else to sneak past him in spring and i agree i i see lucroy and beckham as like really good assets to have sitting around in charlotte and it's like somebody gets injured and we need you for four days or 
three weeks. So right. you're up. And you don't have a question. You, you know what you're getting, a diminished version of what it was three, five years ago. But they can play. They're not going to make mental mistakes. They're going to be, you know, pro players. So I like both those pickups. I didn't even know that they happened. But for what you get, I like it. And looking at these, um, looking at the bench, that's like a clear spot to upgrade at the trade deadline. I know that's not the most exciting move to like upgrade a bench outfielder, but going back to 05 when the Sox traded for Jeff Blum, Jeff Blum hit a homer like 14th inning of game six or game four. So, oh, yeah, game he's three. a legend. These guys, like the bench kind of not being awesome almost as a positive because you're not locking yourself down into guys early on to prevent a move later. Like if we upgrade from Danny Mendick, we're probably going to, I like Danny Mendick, but that's a clear spot. Oh, let's get a bench infielder move around like a Kike Hernandez type. You know, that'd be awesome to trade for Kike Hernandez at the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when you said, Oh, bench guys aren't sexy. I was thinking exactly of Kike and I was like, well, I mean, guys like that help you win big games. They really oh, do. Sure. It's weird. Baseball is like one of those weird sports where no names become legends in the postseason. So how much you don't sleep on the bench. I'm uh, I'm looking at how, I how much did Kike got? He got like 14 mil, I think. He got oh, a lot. was that much? Damn. Oh, two years, 14 mil. Wow. Good yeah, for him. That's he got awesome. paid. Yeah, no, he's a good player. Um, who are you most excited about in spring training? Like, without any looking at any roster consequences or you know, really anything, just who do you want to see have a good spring for whatever reason? I'll give you two: one one hitter, one pitcher. I'd really, really like to see Dylan Cease just come out and dominate because that would show me a couple things. That would show me that the work he's been doing with the new pitching coach is paying off. Like I I sent you that uh, Twitter video of him. He he's shortening his arm motion like Giolito. So if you can picture Giolito, how he really shortened his arm motion where he's almost short on the ball. Dylan Cease is doing that exact same thing. So if Cease comes out in March and is still throwing 97, 98, but has got that short arm motion and throwing strikes, that to me is so exciting because it locks down that four spot, which we've been so nervous about, and then allows Kopech a really long leash to kind of develop and allows Rodon some time. So that's my pitcher that I'm most excited for day one. I want to see how that short arm slot is working. And then for hitters, I want to see Madrigal come out and just continue where he left off because he had that weird injury. Uh, he, I think his, he got that shoulder surgery. I want to make. I want to see that have no effects. I want to see him hit 350 in spring and just know, oh, that's a position we do not have to worry about. Second beat, yep. lockdown. So those are my two. I have to say that Dylan C's video you sent it is very cool. It was kind of funny to me, all the flame effects and oh, explosions yeah. that were overlaid on top of it. I know you got to make things interesting to people, but the stuff should talk for itself a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, who who was in charge of the White Sox Twitter account when they got this video of like, it's already an exciting thing. Dylan Cease throwing ninety nine with a new arm motion. Why do they think you know it'll really spice this up? Like nineteen ninety seven clip art flames that obscure what I'm actually trying to look at. Well, Sox, you know they saved some money on Trevor Bauer and they got Michael Bay to do some of the Twitter videos for him. That's a good. I mean, that's a good trade off. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah. But uh, for me, I, I'll do. I was originally just going to say one guy. I'll start with them. I, Gavin Sheets. I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, and sort of just, I asked a question that I wanted to answer because <laughs> I don't think that he's going to make the team starting the season. But just watching his swing, I, I'm just excited to see if he can turn that into a, like a major league tool. That would be amazing. He's got an awesome swing, and he's just a prototypical first baseman. That's interesting. 6'2", huge power, can drive the ball like crazy, lefty. 
is exciting to me. So I, I just would, in the, the zero, zero consequences on this 2021 season, I'm most interested in just seeing what he can do. He is a guy that, you know, if we're looking at the bench and yeah, Luke Roy, Tim Beckham, they are not exciting. Maybe they start in AAA. Maybe they just get cut. The guy They're not that, horrifying. They don't make you sick. But, but the guy that could supplant them, like we see this every year, a no-name rookie, a AAA kid just comes up and dominates spring training, and he forces you to give him a roster spot. That could be Gavin Sheets, because he does fill a need. If Jose Abreu is going to DH some, especially if Andrew Vaughn doesn't make the team, you're going to need a first baseman, and he fits that. But also Keith Law, I was just reading a uh, write-up of the Sox system. He was writing that Gavin Sheets has been, um, they're trying him out in the outfield to just kind of give him more versatility. Because we do have Andrew Vaughn, we do have a Brayu. Like, how much do we need a fourth first base prospect? Right. So they're clearly, like, they see what you see, and they're thinking, how do we get this kid some at-bats? If we could somehow get Gavin Sheets in right field, and get rid of Eaton, I'm thrilled. That'd be nice. I also, I think Keith Law also said that they, um, they're they trying to work on a swing a little bit because it's like too contact heavy. So I think what you're describing is that like stereotypical, beautiful lefty swing that just looks amazing, but they do want him to sell out a little bit more for power because like a contact first first baseman isn't super awesome. But if they, they think he can reach into that power more and really become this nice lefty bat who can play first, play play outfield, you know, maybe become like a Jock Peterson type. Who knows? Right. Right. All Gavin Sheets also a seventy power projection like Micker. Um so that's my hitter I'm most excited for. And pitcher, I guess it doesn't quite qualify my question of zero consequence, but uh Kopech, for me, I I just need to see where he's at. What what's he been up to? How's his arm look? How's his stuff look? So, it's kind of a short answer. I mean, we've already talked about Kopech. Everyone's heard of a million things, but he's who I'm most excited for in spring training from a pitcher's perspective. Cease definitely, definitely. I've you know, I've sort of accepted that Cease might not actually be that good. So if he surprises me, that'd be great. And this new motion, the new uh, delivery is, it definitely has potential to pay off, but I'm not excited about it or really that interested. I mean, if it happens, that's great. But I just see more upside in Kopech. So really excited to see him get back on the mound. I mean, because they're in the last episode, we talked about the possibility of him, um, being, or was that last episode or was that 20 minutes ago? We talked about the possibility of him being left off the team and starting in AAA. That he, was 20 minutes ago. Okay, I have, time is meaningless. Um, he he can come out we, first two weeks and shut down that possibility. Like if the Sox are entering spring training thinking, if Kopech, you know, his velocity is down, his control isn't there, we'll start him in AAA. If he comes out throwing 100 and that slider's there, there is no way he's being left off the team. So the stakes right. are kind of high for him, and we'll know, to your point, we'll know pretty immediately if he's making the team. I don't think it'll be something where four weeks into spring training, oh, maybe Kobeck. I think we'll know like week one if he's making the team. All right. Uh, Yolki Cespedes, does that do anything for you? Oh, Ioannis' uh, brother? He sucks. I was watching video. <laughs> <laughs> He's terrible. Like, this kid is... Uh, he got $2 million just because his brother is awesome. That's like all... It's like how Jeffrey Jordan was the starting point guard for Illinois. And he was horrible. They just liked the fact that MJ would come down to watch. So yep. this is a kid who is benefiting. And good for him. $2 bucks. That's great. I'm happy for him. But I was watching video. He has the longest swing you've ever seen. It's like he's dragging an axe through the zone. It's crazy. Yeah, when that came out, I mean, to be fair to him, he is the number one international prospect. So he's he's not 
completely garbage. He was on the Cuban national team, all that good stuff. But it really doesn't do anything for me. It almost seems like the Sox have this formula. We're just going to get nothing but Cuban players, and that's how we're that's how we're going to make a roster. Which I'm and, fine. You know, I am. It fine. served them well. Yeah. But this is like the, I don't know where, it, it just seems boring at this point. It's like, oh, we went out and got another Cuba. There's nothing. I have nothing against Cuba or Cuban players. It's just like it's such a trend. It's almost like, well, what's what is this? What what are we thinking here? And but I it, mean, it keeps paying off though. It's like in the NBA, true, right true. Now, like LeBron's agents and that agency you'll see this like scrub get $50 million. It's like, wait, why did the Cavaliers give Tristan Thompson $70 million? It's because LeBron's agency forced them to, in order to keep LeBron. So like, we're probably going to see over the next five years, us give $2 million to some horrible, horrible Cuban prospects. Just so when the next Luis Robert does come, we are in position for that. And I think that's a fair deal. Yeah, so I don't even know if he's going to be at spring training. I, we'll see. I'm not really looking for anything there. Um, that's really all I have on my list for spring training. Is there anything else you want to hit on? No, we talked about literally everyone I have on this Google Doc. So. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Uh, we can probably wrap it up there. Um you know, I didn't in the last episode say this, but we had a buddy of mine, Steve Zelenko, make a little uh, intro music that we're going to be putting into these uh, episodes to start. So big props to Steve. Thank you for sending that over. And uh, I'll throw some info in the episode description about his project whenever he gets it out to me he's working on an album so that's cool oh nice Uh, yeah a little solo project so looking forward to that being finished up and i don't do we have a plan for our next episode or let's uh let's see how spring training looks let's see how the first week looks yeah yeah maybe we can talk about what's actually going on and all these things we're looking forward to all right well thanks for listening that was burlers earlers the hurlers got it off. <laughs>